Hello, this is Elizabeth Scanlon, and this is the American Poetry Review Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 4th, 2022, uh, and it's a special occasion for us because this is the official pub date of Chelsea Harlan's book, Bright Shade, which is the 2022 winner of the Hanukkah First Book Prize as chosen by Jericho Brown. I'm really excited for everyone to read this book. I think Chelsea is such an extraordinary voice, and we had the pleasure of having her read uh, at our home, the Philadelphia Ethical Society back in March uh, when AWP was in Philadelphia. Uh, we had a reading celebrating the, the book prize and we have, uh, we have that recording to share with you today. I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the American Poetry Review, everybody. This is our home, the Philadelphia Ethical Society. Um, we're here every day, and it feels really good to have you here with us to see faces again and to be together again. So thank you so much for coming. So the Honickman First Book Prize began in 1997. And it was one of only five prizes nationwide for a debut collection of poems at that time. Um, and now there are many, of course, uh, which is something that we're glad of because we know how hard it is to get that first publication out into the world. Um, but it was, this prize is also special to me because it overlaps almost exactly um, with my time at the magazine. Uh, when I arrived, there had only been one first book uh, in production. That was Joshua Beckman's Things Are Happening. Uh, Joshua, who then, of course, went on to found Wave Books, which is just one, uh, the first example of all the wonderful things that these Hanukkah poets have accomplished. And it just, I, I really want to say, uh, at this occasion, which is long overdue to have all of these amazing, the last four years of, of winners together, um, is that, is that um, part of what remains distinctive about this prize uh, is not just us, but that these writers are a community unto themselves, and that Dana Levin and Tomas Maureen and Matthew Dickman and Anne-Marie McCary and Kathleen Ossip and Gregory Pardlow and Alicia Joe Rabins and Tyree Day, and I can't name them all right this very moment, um, but that it, it means so much to me that they are in contact with one another and are a community to each other um, and support each other as artists. So. I have to also say, of course, that we're so grateful for the support of the Honickman Foundation, and uh, especially the enduring friendship of Lynn Honickman herself, who, though she can't be here tonight, is with us in spirit and is uh, really the, the guardian angel of this, of this project and this prize. Um, so without further ado, we'll get to these poets, shall we? Um, first up. Freshly minted, the 2022 winner of the APR Honickman Award, chosen by Jericho Brown, is Chelsea Harlan for her book, Bright Shade. She holds degrees from Bennington College and Brooklyn College, where she was a Truman Capote Fellow and a Rose Goldstein Scholar. Jericho Brown said, said of this book that Harlan's poems turn, surprise, leap, and always deliver pleasure. Please welcome Chelsea Harlan. Yeah. 
Hi everyone. <clears throat> this is so surreal. Um, not least for being the first COVID, sort of mid-COVID event I've been to without a mask. Um, it's the most people I've seen in years. So, um, thank you so much to Elizabeth for organizing all of this. Um, and thank you to the Honigman Foundation. Um, also to Chessie and Natasha and Tanum. It's such an honor to be reading with these three amazing poets at the Ethical Society of all places. <laughs> um, so yeah, my book doesn't yet exist, but I'll be reading from a little <coughs> binder. <laughs> okay, this is the first poem in the book. It's called Nature Documentary. Can you guys hear me okay? okay. A little louder? Okay. Nature Documentary. The cats do this thing where they sleep all day in America waiting to be loved. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Still time all day. I moved the relief print of the world to a better place. I covered the trough to maintain darkness. I am useless is what the name of that poem was that I loved. Any time when I'm alone, I chew my gum and play loud R&B because there are only so many days and almost only exactly as many nights. The leaves are making change, swishily changing in their chlorophyll dollar bills, smarter than you or me or dolphins even. But there is so much not to know. How is it that stones hold warmth if intermittently alive like memory? How is it symbols have been sounding since the ancient Armenian highlands? Sometimes I send myself dumb letters like ghosts. They prove like loaves, like sweaty calculus equations ending always in the shorthand for treasure. I used to dig holes in the dark woods each day thinking this must be the spot. Um, this next one's called Love Poem Called Die Hard. <clears throat> Tonight, you are a dashing rabid animal I want to lick the toothpaste from your chin. Love may be disgusting, but the good news is you'll never kill us both without me, so. I want to put you to sleep, but not forever. I want to joust you with a marzipan lance. Shakespeare style or unlike Bruce Willis, you die hard, but you're alive the whole time. Give me die hard or give me mortal thoughts. I envy the two tongues of your shoes. You slither into bed with Renaissance plasticity. You untuck the duvet of our coeval tomb. It's here I want to love you tonight forever. It's here I could die like an Easter egg. You could crush me like a menthol. With one hand, you could drive me like the fastest glass motorcycle hydroplaning on the river of your blood. The rain falls from a man-made movie rain machine. The rain in Brooklyn falls mainly on the weekends. <laughs> this is called, It's Sunday So We Get High by the River. As you do. 
<clears throat> of course. The mazuna is up. The radishes are ready. Have you seen the spirit yet? Do you want to check your blood oxygen levels? <laughs> the wine delivery deal was a scam, right? It's a fictional song, a storybook breeze, a wisp like a lisp through the tree's long limbs. It's not a measure of your melody, but it's fun to be cutthroat. We all have our preferred side of the outhouse. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret, Charles? The weed eater mufflers cover wireless headphones perfectly. A forecast that already happened is a past cast. Bobby Boris Pickett. For no real good reason, except for the gravity of being alive all the time, I wept in silence in a corner of the farm. I climbed the pawpaw tree and shook it hard and had no bra on and you whistled from below waving your hilarious pawpaw stick and my wagging boobs waved back, hello, hello. <laughs> The pawpaws thunked down like library books, like Brobdignagian emeralds, like hours, like rubber hammers, and passages of light like biblical fragments stuttered through the evergreen heavens. <laughs> and later, as the day couldn't last anymore, some nighthawks drew crude M's in the air, making their quick crepuscular rounds. Nothing is the end of the world except climate change, I reminded the baby in the vanity mirror. My hand hair turned blonder and the news moved on without me, monster mash at long last loaded on my phone. Um, <clears throat> this one's called Future Brooches. There is a dangerous beach outside of Big Lagoon with a steep shelf where the waves come up like walls and crash like walls. And one evening, approaching nautical twilight, I saw some people hunched over in the sand. Their body language told me they were studying something, but what it was was unclear. I figured this was one of those moments I would never know the answer unless I were to ask. The waves crashed and crashed. So I approached some of these crouching people, of which there were several, and asked what it was they were looking for and could I help, if they needed any help. It felt like showing up to dress rehearse a pivotal scene in a play whose script I had practiced in the car and poorly. I wasn't sure what it was I was prepared to offer given my limited skill set of, I don't know, making bouche de Noël, whatever else it is I do. <laughs> And the sand people said, looking for agate. And I said, what? <laughs> agate, they said, their fingers like spiders. Oh, I said, like I understood. <laughs> and then one day I did. <laughs> Sorry. Drinking my courage juice. <clears throat> Okay, this one's called Late Spring Poem. I know it's very early spring now, but this will be relevant eventually. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Late Spring Poem. I try to be honest on the long questionnaire, 
The lights are white. My skin is cold in the air conditioning. The PHQ-9 asks if I've had little interest or pleasure in doing things on a scale of not at all, to several days, to more than half the days, to nearly every day over the last two weeks. I love to see the word pleasure there. At Goodwill, I find a purple skirt with little flowers and Mariah Carey's greatest hits on CD and two worn Rand McNally children's books, one called Let's Grow Things about gardens and one called The Little Mailman of Bayberry Lane, basically about friendship. The Little Mailman of Bayberry Lane is a little chipmunk who's well-loved by the neighborhood and he's super sociable and kind and whistling all the time and pretty much everyone gets mail every day in this order. <laughs> Mrs. Goose, Mrs. Duck, Mr. Turtle, and Mrs. Pig. And Mrs. Goose always makes bayberry candles, and she wears a red bandana with little white flowers, and Mrs. Duck sweeps the yellow leaves off her walk, and she always hopes there's a letter from her sister, and she wears a checkered apron and holds her broom and looks forlornly down the lane. And Mr. Turtle sits on his front stairs in the sun, eyes closed, wearing a little white and green hat, wondering if today's the day the tulip catalog comes. But he's not particularly impatient or anything. And Mrs. Pig wears a white dress that ties in the back with little pink flowers, and she has a special day when she bakes something special, which is Friday. So this Friday, she makes apple tarts, which the little mailman enjoys very much, and tells Mrs. Pig she's the best, and so on. <laughs> and anyway, the little mailman goes home to his house under the stone wall and reflects on his day and why Mrs. Pig never gets any mail, because she doesn't, and he thinks, oh, you know, she must not write any letters. Oh, because she must not have any friends. And why doesn't she have any friends? And why doesn't she go out and make some? And yeah, maybe she finds, she feels socially awkward or maybe prefers the perfect relative privacy of her quiet, introverted life to herself. And well, she's a really great baker and all. And <laughs> the little mailman sits at his adorable table with his tiny quill pen under the soft, warm flame of one of Mrs. Goose's bayberry candles, and he writes invitations to all the neighbors for a surprise party he wants to throw Mrs. Pig. And he plans it for the following Friday, because he can count on Mrs. Pig to bake something special like she would already do, and she wouldn't know about the surprise because she never receives any mail. <laughs> so she wouldn't think it was strange not to get an invitation. Right, so everyone conspires. <laughs> And everyone gets ready for the big party, and Mrs. Goose irons her party sash, and Mrs. Duck adorns herself with extra feathers, and Mr. Turtle shakes out the mothballs from the pockets of his party jacket, and Mrs. Pig doesn't know any of this, and she lonesomely shuffles around at home, wearing the same dress and making apple tarts again, but this time also little lemon cakes dotted with hickory nuts, which sounds great, and she goes outside while the cake's cool and she's picking chrysanthemums by the stone wall when, surprise, everyone jumps out with their respective plus ones. It's a big party. <laughs> Except Mr. Turtle, who seems to have come alone. And he's wearing a cute little brown bowler hat. And he gives Mrs. Pig's he gives Mrs. Pig a special tulip bulb, 
And Mrs. Goose has brought a bayberry candle, and Mrs. Duck has brought a feather duster, and the little mailman brings a whole basket of hickory nuts. And we are told it was the happiest afternoon of Mrs. Pig's life. And they all play croquet and stay up late. And the next day, Mrs. Pig gets six letters in the mail, which is really exciting and sweet because they're all thank you letters from the party guests thanking Mrs. Pig for such a great party and she stands there and reads them at the mailbox. And the little mailman is out on his route somewhere, swinging his satchel of envelopes and whistling. And it's so nice because I too like to whistle, and I too like to wait for the tulip catalog. And friendships are pretty fucking awesome, even in this fucked up, sad century. And on the drive home from free therapy, I listen to Heartbreaker with the windows down. <laughs> which thwacks my hair all over the place, which I kind of love, because I don't care. And the sky is big and bright and juny blue, and there are all the little flowers in the world. <laughs> to free therapy. <laughs> um, this one's called Leaving the House. Leaving the house, like salad, usually requires dressing. <laughs> Figured I'd follow a really long one with a really short one. Um, do I have time for like two, three more? Is that okay? Okay. <clears throat> it's called Sunday Poem. A different Sunday poem. Is there singing? I didn't, I didn't know that the Shabbat services upstairs would be quite so strong. Well, that was great. This is great. Yes. <laughs> Lift your voice and sing. <laughs> um, Sunday poem. Cancel rent. We're out at the sunset again, above the tubs, below big birds, cliff types hugging, cypresses like creepy green gloves, creepy in a beautiful way. You said a canyon is an inverted mountain. I was thinking, God, you're smart. <laughs> when I pass back the spliff on the park bench, I just don't want any children to see me setting bad examples everywhere I go. We're trying to spell the woman's name who lives in the valley with one long gray braid. We need a place with a yard. We need to show our friends the same hospitality they have shown us for millennia, a language that adequately confronts the flaws that keep us from becoming the country we could be. In other words, the truth is, truth cannot be conflated with beauty when beauty is an empty idea, like a JPEG of a painting. Land's End is full of people today, little blankets, plates of food, couples kissing behind jagged rocks, couples kissing on the edge of history, taking subtly different pictures of the same regular phenomenon, the sun setting. How is it this happens all the time? This is called This Is Also That. The sun is a pumpkin, 
The pumpkin is a small sun. The pumpkin is a small hard sun. The pumpkin is fun. Orange is fun, and the hard orange sun is a small fun orange pumpkin. <laughs> the orange pumpkin is in the fall. The fall of the orange sun is small. The hard orange fall is fun, and the orange is in the feather. The sun is the hard orange feather. The fun feather is the small spirit. The orange spirit is the twist, and the twist is the small fun fall. The twist is the twist is the dance. Um, got one more. It's called a long blue dress. I whooshed through the party. I grew a set of invisible hands. I was flower girl to the Commonwealth, where lovers dance a dance called the snowdrift. Sugar maples helicoptered Samaras in my glass. The dogs unfolded in their webs of shade. A democracy of clouds formed. A storm was decided. Everyone inside, candles on. I say, it makes sense. Every raindrop, a little bill. Every switchback and holler baptized. But it felt so good to cry. I stacked the wood so high, I never again left. I never again wore shoes. My long blue dress suggested my power, my powerful sadness. And you, and you, and you, and the gyrating populace, and everyone was there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please visit us at aprweb.org, follow us on social media, and if you are so inclined, subscribe.